Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. We have a return guest this week in Alex Goldfain. He's a multiple author, award-winning author, and runs a revenue growth uh, consulting business, uh, the, the work of which is to grow other people's businesses. Alex, welcome to the show. Nice to see you, Richard. Thank you for having me on again. Uh, I would like to say that I am grateful for the opportunity. Yes, and for those just listening. Have you ever seen Alex, anything cheesier? <laughs> Alex is wearing a Grateful Dude uh, t-shirt, which is wonderful. And actually uh, features in the book, uh, his latest book, which we'll get into uh, right, five minutes selling. Richard, I'm sorry. I have to say bye to my daughter who's going off to her uh, day of summer activities. So off Goodbye. she goes. And my, this is one of the twins. Okay. Uh, and what's her name? Uh, her name is Bella. Bella. She okay. can't hear you, but she can hear me. <laughs> Okay. And um, pretty soon, I'm guessing the other twin will, will come okay. rumbling in. So, okay. Okay, send Noah up, okay, honey? Okay. Uh, Sorry about bye, that. Bye, Valor. I, no, no I don't know if you want to keep that or... Yeah, no, we'll, or, we'll keep uh, it. Keeping okay. it real. Right. Uh, and, okay. So we talked about, um, yeah, and what, why do I keep re- reading selling books? Why do I, you know, why have I really enjoyed your work? I mean, it's because, and I think I will uh, share this with many of the audience here, you know, I hate, I hate selling and I want to find ways to learn to love it, get better at it. So my opening question is, uh, why do people hate selling? Uh, and how can they learn to love selling? I think that, uh, you know, you have a group of people who, who we assume hate selling. So these are uh, people who are um, expert at certain, uh, uh, have been trained into certain uh, specific professions like lawyers, like accountants. Uh, you will often hear from attorneys at law firms, I didn't go to law school to sell, dude. So, you know, thanks, but no, um, that's not what I do. Uh, but the truth is, Richard, most people are like you. Most sales people don't like to sell, right? Those of us who sell for a living, it's not like a natural thing to do to convince somebody to give you money for something, you know? And then even though, even though it's like, you know, one of the oldest professions in, in the world, right? And it makes the world go around. Uh, but the truth is the reason most of us don't like to sell is fear. You know, it's uncomfortable. And we get rejected all the time. You know, in baseball, uh, if you fail 70% of the time, you go to the Hall of Fame, right? And the U.S. baseball season is just starting right now. Uh, in sales, we fail more than that. Come on in here, honey. Here's the other twin. Uh, they're, they're going off Hello. to uh, their day of sailing uh, on the lake. So that's why they look like, like this. So, have a great day, Noah. All right. Have fun. Um, just the joys of working from home. Thank yeah. you for being patient with us. I'm sorry. Um, they're used to dad working from home, so they just walk on. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, so... People, it's a fear of being rejected. We get rejected all day long, you know, all the time. And in sales, like if we succeed 10% of the time and get rejected 90, you're probably doing really well, right? In most fields. And, you know, that success, that buys you a really good life in the sales profession. And uh, you know, I know that you, you do leadership and you do coaching mm. and, you, and you do development of people. And, you know, that's great. But if you don't sell it, you can't do it, right? 
Yeah. So, exactly. so, so we have to sell and I run a consulting practice and I have to sell. So, you know, when I, in the book in five minutes selling, which, which is just out, um, I talk about, uh, salespeople in the, in the inclusive, uh, ver, uh pronoun, you know, I, I talk about it in the, we, you know, we have to do this. We have to do that because I'm right there. Right. I'm with you. I got to do it too. Right. So it's the fear. It's the fear of the rejection that, and the reality as and the reality that, as you say, even if you're good at this, even if you're great at this, you may be failing nine, or getting rejected 90% of the time. Well, you can't get to the yeses without the no's. Yeah. Right. I mean, really, if we're not hearing no a lot, we're not succeeding, which is a which is kind of a weird way to think about it. The no's get you to the yeses. And so if you're if you're just avoiding the no's by habit, you're not trying for the yeses. So you can't succeed in sales if you're just avoiding the no's. And that's where the fear comes from is from avoiding the rejection. Right. And that's that's why most people are uncomfortable with sales. And so. Uh, you know, my, the, let me summarize my message back to you, Richard, is um, not only are you not alone, you're in the great majority. You know, you're, you're, you're in the 90% of sales people, of people who sell, right, who don't love selling. Yeah. And then the second part is then, well, how do we learn to love it, right? Because I think for me, for many people maybe listening, even if they're not like salespeople in title, that they may recognize that being better salespeople is going to open up more opportunity for them. How can you learn to love it? So that's a great question. Uh, I think uh, success brings us there to that point. You know, I think uh, sales success, which, which results from activity and action, leads us to a, um, a, a joy and a and an enjoyment of, of the work. So if you're selling, if you're trying to sell um, without a lot of activity, and of course, if you don't have a lot of activity, you're not going to have a lot of success. Um, you're not going to have sales results. You're not going to enjoy yourself very much because you're going to feel like you're working really hard, right? I'm not really succeeding. Um, so what the hell am I doing? Uh, and, and that's the position of the great majority of salespeople, interestingly, right? Because a lot of salespeople, we, we're, we, we become, uh, uh, we're, our fear moves us to inactivity, yeah. you know, almost to a paralysis. And uh, fear. And in uh, my is, case, it's to do anything else other than get on the phone or make yeah. the outreach call. Yeah. Avoidant behavior. It's, uh, it's what you just said is the definition of procrastination, right? We don't want to do what we don't like to do. So we get really, really good at avoiding it, at avoiding that work. Uh, so I think success in sales begets more success, right? And I also think, unfortunately, you know, the opposite circle, the vicious circle over here is um, inactivity and procrastination in sales begets more of the same, right? Because the more you avoid selling, the worse you feel uh, because the less business you have. And the less, frankly, the less human contact you have, which is really interesting, right? I mean, this is called being human, right? And the less human contact we have, the more isolated we feel, especially now, right? When there's less human contact, there's less face-to-face -face contact, just because of the environment that we're living in and the pandemic here. Um, and we feel worse. We feel more fearful. We feel meek, 
we feel unsuccessful, uh, we feel weighed down, you know? And I mean, that's no mindset to sell successfully from. You're not gonna pick up the phone with, with that kind of mindset. Uh, the opposite circle, the righteous circle is, um, let's make one phone call, you know? And really five minute selling is all about five minutes a day. I know you don't like selling or I know you don't have a lot of free time because a lot of salespeople are, are really, really busy servicing the customer, you know, where there's a lot of incoming calls. There's a lot of problems to solve. There's a lot of customer service to do. We have to do it. Um, and so I know you're busy or I know it's uncomfortable, but give me five minutes a day. Give me five minutes a day. Take the first action. One, pick up the phone, call somebody you know and say, Richard, it's Alex. How you doing, man? Right? It's been a little while. I was thinking about you. How's your family? How, tell me about your life, right? You're in, you're in uh, London, in, in the, not in London, but in, in the countryside, right? Um, I'm in, in, in the Midwest in America. How are things there, right? Tell me what's happening. How are the kids, right? What are they doing this summer? I'll tell you a little about what mine are doing, right? Mine are going off to sailing. Um, what are you working on these days maybe that I can help you with? After we connect on life, we pivot to tell me what's going on that I can help with. I'd like to help you. Um, I enjoy our relationship. How can I help? I mean, that's the call. That's the conversation, right? So now let's go to the pleasant circle. You do one of those. You have a good conversation with somebody. Um, it feels good. Uh, it's positive. You connect it with somebody. Uh, it's warm. Um, you uh, probably accomplished something. You probably progressed the relationship. You probably talked about some way you might work together, even if you didn't close it at the time. And chances are, if you didn't get business on that call with this person, eventually, probably it's going to develop, eventually. So you hang up the phone, you have all those feelings of positivity and confidence, right? An infusion of confidence. You feel good. What are you gonna do? You're gonna want a little more of that. You pick up the phone again. You make another call and you feel good some more. And so coming all the way back around, success begets success. You know, good experiences, positive conversations uh, lead us to want to do more of that. Whereas the other way, the avoidant way, uh, repeatedly over time, takes us away from the work that we should be doing. Right. Right. And, and that's actually what I love, you know, I love about the, your latest books. I've now read three of your books and, and your, your advice is to take this tiny baby step, you know, just make one, you know, one call a day is, is good. Uh, and I really appreciated that about the book because having listened to other sales coaches as they're all about, you know, massive action and, don't have a, you know, a minute of, of, of dead time in your diary, pack every available minute with calls and, uh, and meetings. And, yeah. And you listen to that and you're like, oh, oh, it just, it just feels like way too much of a leap. Um, you know, from, from where, well, certainly where, from where I am. So, you know, if you call, so m most of, so customers only call when something's wrong usually, right? That's when we hear from people, they have a problem, they have an issue. Uh, conversely, uh, most customers hear from us also when something's wrong. 
right, when something's on fire. Most people don't pick up the phone unless there's a terrible problem. Uh, I can't get it to you on time. I'm unavailable. Uh, the price went up. Uh, we don't have enough uh, of what you ordered. So that's the only time people hear from salespeople usually because most of us don't call out when nothing's wrong. Uh, we're not very good at that, right? Most of us don't do pro. I call these proactive phone calls, right? Call a customer or prospect when nothing's wrong, right? That's what it is in the book uh, and for my clients as well. And so you said one call a day. You make one of those a day. Uh, you're looking at about 200 or so if we round down, right? Let's say you miss a bunch of days. You're at about 200 proactive phone calls, relationship building phone calls, warm phone calls, right? Nice connections with people where you're building a relationship. And you can have some repeats there. Uh, in terms of people that you call, but that's 200 a year. That's about 200 more than most of us make, you know? Now that's one. Let's say it gets good to you and you make two. Now you're at 400 a year, right? So that's how hard this is. And look, um, I do five a day, five. And I don't necessarily make five actual outbound phone calls a day. What I do is I send five emails or text messages to see if we can schedule a call every day. And I always do that before 10 o'clock because I want to be done with it, right? Uh, Mark Twain said, if you have to eat a frog, do it first thing in the morning because it's not going to taste any better later in the day. Right? That's of course your French. Yeah, that's right. And he said, if you have to eat two frogs, eat the biggest one first. Let's <laughs> save the smaller one for later. Uh, so um, five quick Outbound communications. This literally takes me no more than five minutes because I, you know, I'm either texting or I'm emailing. And I say, hey, I hope you're well. I'd love to catch up. How's Tuesday or Wednesday? Or what do you have this week that looks good? Or, uh, you know, how does your afternoon look? And because I know these people, right? All of us know hundreds of people. We all have hundreds of people who know our names and whose name we know, right? If you're just starting out, and you're brand, brand new, and you say, I don't know hundreds of people, well, uh, if you're working at a business, call somebody who recognizes the company name, right? If you just started your own business and nobody knows your name or the company's name, call people you knew at the other company, right? So we all, don't tell me you don't know lots of people to call. Everybody knows lots of people to call. Call people who know your name or, or text or email to schedule those calls. You do five of those a day, you're going to have hundreds of phone calls over the course of a year, and there's no way your business won't grow. No way. No. Oh, yeah. And, and the call. So I was, you know, I was, I read, been reading your book over the last couple of days and I was speaking to a colleague of mine and, you know, he's talking about your book and how you emphasize the importance of calling. And he said to me, yeah, yeah, I, I know I probably should, but I'm like, you know, I'm a bit worried, you know, am I going to interrupt from their fam with their family time? And we do have this aversion to picking up this little device, don't we? It's so why is it so important? I suppose, again, it's a similar format of question. You know, why do we not like calling? And why, why is it important to call over any other form? Um, so, so we don't like calling because we don't like to be rejected into our ear hole, right? <laughs> because it's an intimate rejection, right? If I'm, if I'm talking to you and you say, no, I'm good, you've rejected me into my brain, you know, into my head. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about, I don't even know if I should say this. I, I just recently watched, uh, the Richard Pryor standup. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's very famous with the monkeys. Right. You know, yeah. the, the, he had two pet monkeys. So I'll stop it there. But that's what I just thought about, about being rejected into my ear. Um, so 
we don't like the phone because it's an intimate rejection. You know, it's a very personal rejection. Conversely, if I send an email, right? Even if I don't know if they got the email, even if I don't know if they read the email, even if I don't know if it went into their junk folder, even if I don't know if they processed anything, even if I don't know if they read it, but they're not getting back to me because they hate me. I don't know any of that, right? But I could be thinking of all of them as options. Even if I don't know anything, I set my email and I've succeeded, right? And people aren't likely to reject us by email, are they? They're just, they just don't reply, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's a gentler rejection, right? It's a, it's a silent rejection and our brains will play tricks on us and say to us, well, we're still alive, right? I haven't heard anything, so this is still alive. So we, we move away from the phone to email, to LinkedIn, to Facebook, all this, all this, you know, sort of useless communication, right? Valueless communication, um, because it's it's less dangerous to our to our mindset, to our psychology, and the phone call is more dangerous. Right, right. And then, and then, why is it important? I know, you, I know, you say in the book, but I think for our listeners, you know, why why the phone especially? Why is it more useful to use it? You know. Um, in the 1970s and 80s, the telephone was the only tool that we had. Um, now, they, they didn't look like our phones look now, but they were wired and connected into a wall. Um, and it's funny, I do workshops, Richard, and I put up a wired telephone, and there's, there's a, at least a handful of people in the room that have never seen the device. You know, <laughs> People don't know what it is. Uh, well, I've seen it in the movies. I've seen it at grandma's house, right? <laughs> but <I've, laughs> that's, that's where it goes. Um, it's... It's important, back then it was the only tool, and so everybody used it. Now, today, it's one of many, many ways we can communicate. And, uh, you know, I would suggest probably 10% of all salespeople, all industries that I've, you know, and I've worked with thousands and thousands of salespeople, right? Um, 10% probably use the telephone, um, period. Right. Not, not well or not the way it's supposed to be used, but period. Use the telephone for proactive outbound revenue growth, right? But nothing's wrong. Now, everybody uses the phone to solve problems and do customer service. And, you know, certainly the customer calls me at night, I pick up the phone or I'm on vacation with my wife and the customer has a problem. Well, I'll pick up the phone. We do that. That's different. That's reactive work, right? That's customer service work. That's taking orders. All of us are very good at taking orders. Very few of us are good at proactive sales generation, creating money where there is none. That's the work. And if you can get good at it, you're instantly in the top 10%, right? And let me connect it to our times, if I may, now also. Uh, the vast majority of our customers whatever industry we're in, whatever. I know a lot of your, um, a lot of our listeners are um, in, in coaching and leadership development and in consulting, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. and I are. Is yeah. that fair yeah, to say? Yeah. 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 And, and then the tech space, we have a lot of, yeah. People are code coders. Yeah. Good. So we're all, you know, you and I and our listeners are all sort of uh, a consultant selling services, right? We could be coaches, we could be trainers, we could be um, leadership development, but we're, we're in the, B two B service space, fair? Yeah, yeah. With, with yeah. executives, with leaders, yeah, right? Yeah. Good. Okay. 
the vast majority of our clients and prospects, and I'm going to switch from customers to clients now, right? Because that's that's what we yeah. use. That's what, that, that's ours. Um, the vast majority of our clients and prospects are um, not in meetings, not traveling. They're not running around. What are they doing, Richard? Just like you and I are, they're sitting at their desk, right? Probably at home. Maybe they're at the office. If they're at the office, they're, they're one of the only ones at the office, right? They're at the office because they're, they're an executive, right? Or they run the place or they're the owner. Um, that's why they're at the office because most people aren't. <laughs> they go there to escape people, right? So there's no meetings. There's no, there's Zoom, right? There's phone calls, but they're all sitting at their desk and they're eminently reachable. They've never been more reachable, right? Our customers have never been more reachable. Further, not only have they never been more reachable, uh, they're hearing from people less than ever. So they're more available than ever. Nobody's calling because of everything we're talking about here, the fear and discomfort, right? Um, if they're sitting there in silence, not hearing from anybody. And I got to tell you, um, many of my phone calls, uh, many of my clients, salespeople's phone calls, because I work with groups of salespeople, you know, sales organizations. Uh, I've probably heard this four dozen times over the, the pandemic period. When they call, when, when we call our clients, they will say to you some version of, um, well, you're the only one who cares because nobody else is calling me, right? Or your competition must not care because they're not calling me, right? You're, he goes, it's amazing. One of my clients said, I, you know, this cell phone, because this is the first time this rang today, right? And everybody's on their cell, so we need a cell phone. Uh, that's why the telephone's so important. You're going to be the only one. And help people through this time, they're going to remember you forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, yes, a very powerful point. The other thing you said about which I like as well is that they, they can hear, you can hear the tone of their voice which of course you can't on, a, on an email and they can hear your voice, right? There's something special. They can hear my voice. I mean, there's about 25,000 things I can do on the telephone that I can't do by email, you know, not the least of which is um, I know whether we connect it or not, <laughs> which by email, I have no idea. Right. Um, I know either they received the call or they didn't. Right. And that's valuable. I mean, it sounds absurd. It sounds like I'm, you know, it's like a second grade level conversation we're having right now. But, you know, so many salespeople just have no idea. Listen, if you're in consulting and you're in training like, like we are here, it's so easy to stand out from the crowd. You know, I'm not saying that we should um, care more. I think we care enough. I'm saying we should communicate that we care more. That's the work. This, whole, this five minute selling, this new book, that's what it's all about. It's about communicating that we're interested in helping our clients. That's it. And they want that from us. You know, the tragedy here is people want to be helped. Nobody's going to say to you, no, I don't want you to make my life easier today. Right? Nobody says that. What they say is, oh my God. Thank goodness for you. You're trying to help me. I don't have anybody else like this. That's what people think.
and they want that from us and they want to give us their money for it. How amazing is that? And in turn, we sit in our little fearful, stupid bubble, right? And, and we all go through this. I mean, I write books about it. I deal with this too. I deal with the fear of this. Um, and we don't call them and we don't try to help them and they don't get what they need from us and they don't get what they want from us and we don't get to feed our families as a result, you know? We don't get the money that we deserve, that our families deserve. Um, so it's all like one big cluster. It's all one big like psychological, you know, crap show. When if we pick up the phone and reach them and call them and try to help them, they're good, they're happy, and they pay us. Right. So what are we doing? What are we talking about? Why, why have I written four books about this? You know, it's not that hard. Right. But even even for me, I go to the phone and it's hard for me. Right. Right. But the other thing that you, you just you're the, the personification right, of, the, of this abundance mindset we talk about and of, of optimism, of, of enthusiasm, of of confidence, which you talk about right, in, the, in the book. So that's the other question for me is how can I how can we get what you just personified, what you just exemplified that? I guess that just. Uh, fulsome fulsome enthusiasm for what are you saying the, the, the con- fulsome yeah the, contribu- the contribution you can make right i mean how, how do you how do you get to that um you know interestingly the the answer to your question uh is uh, is the same as the answer to growing sales is the same as everything we're talking about here you get to it by having good conversations with your happy customers and your happy clients so Literally, the phone call is the answer to build up your mindset, to gain positivity, to become more confident, um, to become proactive, to become positive, to become grateful, right? To become grateful. Um, The phone call is the answer. Connection and success, small successes. You know, the cool thing about five-minute selling and and the whole approach is is it's a system of, of outbound proactive communication, business building, right? the system and uh, the successes come quickly is the good thing and this this fulsomeness if i understand it correctly if that's a word um I, comes, I think it is okay good thanks as long as you know you're kind of the decider it's your podcast uh, um, I'm saying it is as long as uh i think we we see some success because the success comes quickly. I can ask you a did you know question. Well, Richard, did you know that um, uh, I can uh, do what used to be a six or 12 month project I've rolled out in the pandemic, a 30 day program. Uh, That's like a rocket boost for your sales growth, a rocket boost. It's 30 days and that's six, 12 months, right? And it costs a lot less and we do it remote and it's going to take a lot less time for you to get to active quick sales growth, right? There's my did you know question. That took me 15 seconds to say. it doesn't take too many of those to get into a conversation about it and start exploring it. And that's a success, right? Compared to procrastinating, right? And not, not picking up the phone, exploring uh, a, a possible um, a, a consulting project, even though it's quick, it's small, it's an easy yes, my easy yes. Um, it doesn't take too many of those tries, so success comes quickly. So that success, is the way you get to that positive mindset. Right, right. 
Now let's just just pause on something you said there, and it's, it features you know central to the book. This "did you know" question, and you just gave yes. us an example. So let's yeah just expand on that a bit for for the audience. Sure. Uh, the vast majority of your clients, our listeners, I'm talking to them now. The vast majority of our clients, they don't know uh, even you know some of the things that we can do for them. They only know the thing that we talk with them about. You know, and so we think about all of our stuff all the time, and we because we're in that world all the time, we assume they also think about our stuff all the time. Well, they don't. What are they thinking about? They're thinking about their stuff, right? Uh, And so the did you know question informs our clients and prospects about various different things that we can help them with, right? Did you know uh, that I do keynote speeches? Well, did you know that I do workshops? Well, did you know now in the pandemic, I can do a webinar series for you? Um, Did you know I have a 30 day version of what is normally a six to 12 month project. These are my did you know questions. And uh, what, what the research uh, shows us, the, statistically we know that 20% of those will eventually turn into a piece of business. Right. 20%. So ask five did you know questions and you're bound to sell one over time, eventually. Not perhaps at the moment, but in time, one out of five will become new business, which means Ask 50, get 10 pieces of business. And remember, it took me 15 seconds, right? So, and that was long because I was drawing out the example. And so uh, 50 times 15, I think, is uh, 750 seconds, which is uh, something like, uh, I don't know, 13 minutes, right? Something like that, Uh, or 12. And so in 12 minutes, I can ask 50 did you know questions, right? But in... Uh, in, in five minutes, let's say, uh, I can ask 20, did you know, questions and my 20, did you know, questions, 20% of those become new line items. So in five minutes, eventually I'm going to get four pieces of business. So that's how this works. It's about systematically. Again, the book is a system for selling more. If you ask one, did you know, question, you're probably not going to get that piece of business because you haven't asked enough, right? We said the no's bring us to the yeses, right? You haven't gone through enough no's yet to get to a yes. Um, one, when you think about it, it's not going to do the trick. The key is to ask everybody all the time. And if you think about it, you know, if you just do five minutes of did you know questions a day, that's a lot of did you know questions, right? Yeah. That'll take you to six times, 30, 35 did you know questions in a day. That's a lot. 20% close. There are six pieces of business. You're welcome, right? That's it. Stop the podcast and go make some calls. Go ask some did you know questions. Yeah. yeah. Not you, the listener. No, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. Um, yeah, and you talk about the system, right? It's not a music. You talk about, you know, it's, it's the system that's important over individual actions. Uh, and, I, and I have to say, to say for myself, you know, I, this is something and a lesson for me, right? I can have kind of good days and bad days. Sometimes I'm feeling fired sure. up and I'll make a few th- yeah, calls so that it'll be days and days until I do anything again. Um, but you really lay out, right? But what I like about again in the the book is it's um, it's super low barrier barrier to adoption, right? It's you know, a little bit of time up front, just a tiny bit of action each day, and then a reflection yeah. in the end. But just yeah, just take us through the the bones of the system. Good. So uh, in in five minute selling, uh, there are um, two planners and then two trackers, and that's where we. We write things down or, you know, you could make it a PDF and fill it out if you want. Um, and 
So the first planner is your proactive call planner. And here, uh, there's, there's eight different categories of people that you can call, customers and prospects. And I'll just give you a couple of them. Uh, uh, good customers who can buy more from us, right? Good clients who can, who can buy some more from us. Uh, clients, or, or even past clients, who we haven't talked to in three months or more. That's a fantastic group of people to call, people we haven't connected with in three months or more. Uh, and, you know, if I asked you right now, think about, you know, list 10 people you haven't talked to in three months or more, you can't do it because off the top of your head, because they're not in our head, right? That's by definition. We're not thinking about them. They're not thinking about us. You can't do it. So I think many times we don't make our calls because we don't know who to call. We don't spend just a few minutes thinking about it. We don't make calls because we're not sure who to call. And so if we spend five minutes on this one eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, right? And you could, you could print them, print them up on my website when the book launches, if it's launched. Um, and you write down some names of who to call at the beginning of the week. And then every day, the rest of the week, send those emails and texts to schedule your calls or simply pick up the phone and call them. Uh, there is no way that your business won't grow. There's no way your sales won't grow. And I'll tell you the other, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, track is that's the planning. The tracking is, I want you to write down what you did. And so there's a plat, there's a, a, a tracker that you can print up where you have the date. Who did you reach out to? What did you say? What did you say? What did they say? So we talked about this possibility. They reacted this way. And then there's a dollar column. I want you to write down how much you think it's worth. Right. Because I want you to connect your 30 second action to how much money it can make for you. Cause that's pretty cool. Um, and these pieces of paper with the tracking, well, they become a gold mine for you to follow up on. You know, one piece of paper has like room for 15 entries, I think. It becomes a gold mine for you to follow up on and look at, you know, imagine going back six, seven weeks saying all these opportunities you talked about that week. Well, now I'm going to follow up and reach out to those people. So, so we, we need to quickly plan and then quickly do. Not plan for hours and days because planning doesn't make us any money, right? The doing makes the money. So quickly plan, quickly do, track what you did so you can follow up on it and go. Just the whole point of the book is to get people who sell to fast action, quickly taking action, which can make a whole lot of money for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that. And again, well, I like it, it because, because the, the time slots, I, I can handle the thought of spending five minutes on a Sunday evening doing this, right? Yeah. You know, I can handle the thought of one or two calls a day. And, I, and I'm sold on the fact that I can, I can really see that this adds up, you know, the cumulative impact of this, if you stick to it. Yeah. Uh, the book uh, has a, has a two week challenge in it where uh, you can download these planners and these trackers and, uh, I actually make an assignment in the book, right? Give me five proactive calls. Give me five did you know questions this week. And, and I just if you give me five minutes a day for uh, those two weeks, which is 10 business days, right? Which is 50 total minutes, five zero out of 80 hours because it's two weeks, right? Um, give me 50 minutes out of your 80 hours uh, and you will see results. You will if not new done sales, you will see a whole lot of new opportunities uh, for potential sales. You will see a whole lot of sales progressed towards a close. Five minutes a day, 
two weeks, 50 minutes out of 80 hours, you will see a lot of progress and a lot of good success. Right. I always think your book could be called, yes, Selling for People Who Hate Selling. <laughs> right. Well, well, the subtitle is like, even if you don't have time, right? How to dramatically right. grow your sales, even if you don't have time. Uh, so you could switch that to how to dramatically grow sales, even if you don't like selling. <laughs> right. It's funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and then let's, let's actually just briefly touch on, you know, so we talked about optimism, enthusiasm, confidence, and it's just more, more of these calls are going to build that. Gratitude and perseverance are the other, the, the other two elements, aren't they? The mindset. Should we just t- touch on those briefly? Yeah, sure. Sure. So gratitude, um, you know, study after study finds that grateful people outperform those who don't have gratitude. And, um, it, you know, look, even if we we're struggling and a lot of us are struggling, it's a tough time. A lot of people are struggling. A lot of consultants are struggling. A lot of co- uh, clients are struggling. We get to struggle, right? We, how lucky are we that we get to try to make it better? You know, we could be living in a lot of countries. You know, you live in the UK. I live in the US. Um, we could be living in a lot of countries where struggle doesn't get us out of our problems. Struggle doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you try in, in many countries in the world, right? You, you, you can't fix it in many places in the world. You and me, we could fix it, man. You know, I was born in the Soviet Union. I was, uh, my parents dragged me to the U.S. when I was two years old. And uh, if they didn't do that, I'd still be living there where the average monthly government salary is $150 a month. And if I would try hard and work hard and, and, and you know, effort and persevere, it wouldn't matter. So even when there's struggle, we get to struggle and make it better. And so, uh, you know, look, I'm grateful for the no's because they get me closer to the yeses. I'm grateful for the yeses because they feed my family. Um, I, I, I'm, when I'm not feeling it and, uh, you know, th- there's days I don't want to, you know. Uh, I'm grateful uh, for, for even the possibility of having a phone next to me. I can pick it up. I could call somebody. Right. I'm grateful for trying to overcome the not feeling like it, you know, because there, there's plenty of days like that. Um, if you actively seek gratitude, uh, I think you'll find yourself, um, uh, uh, you know, at the end of it, more successful. You'll find yourself selling better. And I think you'll find yourself happier, frankly. Right. Grateful people are happier people. Grateful and happy people outperform ungrateful and, you know, and, and, and unhappy, uh, frustrated, angry people. So, and by the way, in sales, I think the opposite of gratitude is not being ungrateful. It's being cynical. Cynicism right. is the opposite of gratitude in sales. And we see cynicism develop among salespeople as they spend more years in the profession. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then perseverance, the fifth of the, the five you mentioned. Perseverance is, and I think the five are from the chapter on mindset, right? It's, yeah, on mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Selling Boldly, the orange book was all about mindset. And, and then five minutes selling, we, we get to the action and the activity very quickly. But you still have to, you know, in, in sales, when we sell, it's impossible to outsell our mindset. You can't do it. 
You can't outsell your mindset. So um, that's why every work of mine that touches sales does deal with mindset. So perseverance uh, might be the single most important uh, quality in sales success. Um, I think Thomas Edison said, and I think I have this right, he said, many of life's failures uh, never know how close they are to success when they give up. You know, so you never know when the next step is going to be the one that does it. Uh, and if you've already been rejected by somebody eight times, a ninth rejection is literally the same. It's no worse. What's the difference between eight or nine? I've lost nothing uh, between the two, right? I, I had nothing eight times. I have nothing nine times. Oh, well, right? Uh, so no never means no forever. It only means not at this moment. You know, and I, I've, I've had entire years in my business. So when in normal times, I can really only bring on one new client a month because my projects are, are, you know, long and, and uh, I work by myself. I work solo. Um, but I've had entire years where every single person who started working with me uh, had previously told me no, had rejected me. And so if I didn't persevere, uh, I literally would have made no money that year. <laughs> If I had given up at every no, right, I would, have, I would have had a zero year. And I think on, again, baseball starting up in the U.S., so I'm thinking about sports. Uh, and I know there aren't they doing uh, football in, in Britain right now? Yeah, we've started with the soccer, yeah. 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 Thank you. See, I said football and you said soccer. So thanks for putting it that way for me. Um, <laughs> uh, on every team, uh, there is an athlete who is uh, less fast and less strong and less athletic and less naturally gifted outperforming his or her teammates who are more strong, more fast, more gifted naturally outperforming them. And the reason that happens is perseverance. They outwork them. They've had to work harder their whole lives, right? Cause they're not naturally gifted. Whereas the naturally gifted people, they don't have to work as hard their whole lives. And so one figures out hard work, the one who perseveres and the other doesn't. And so every team has players like that. Um, you know, in America and us football, it's Tom Brady, you know, the, the, the quarterback of what now no longer the new England Patriots, but six time Super Bowl champion for God's sake, six and three in Super Bowls in his career, six and three. My bears have only been to one. My Chicago bears have been to one Super Bowl. This dude, six and three. Right. And, he, he probably has one of the weakest arms in the NFL. He's probably the slowest dude in the NFL. He's also 41 or 42 years old, for goodness sake, you know, in a league where the average age is 23. Um, so talk about outworking everybody, right? Hard work and continuing to work hard in the face of failure, which is perseverance, right? Which is uh, one is never enough. Uh, and just remember, again, the no's get us to the yeses. We cannot succeed without hearing a lot of no's. Right. And I see how these feed each other, right? Because if, if you can develop gratitude for the no's, then that's going to help you with your perseverance, right? Because I know I'm getting closer to the yeses. Yeah. Right? Well, he told me no. Great. I'm almost there. You know, it's almost done. Yeah. And then if I persevere more, I'm going to have more success, which means I'll be more optimistic, more enthusiastic, and I'll you know, develop I mean, my confidence. 
I think it's critical to work this out in, in our mind, you know, and, and I think it's critical to believe these things because it's really hard to succeed without them in, yeah. in, in our profession and the work that we're doing. You know, I think, uh, we, we've got to be clear on, on these things that we're talking about. It's interesting to me because the whole book is about action, but you've been asking me about mindsets pretty much the whole interview. You know, you've been asking me about one of the 40 or so chapters in the book, right? And I have short, little short chapters, a page or two each. Um, so it's interesting that that's where we spent our conversation, right? That's, that's how important this is. Well, it is. And I, I, you know, and I, I think it's a personal motivation for me because I know that I struggle sticking to these actions. So it can't just be, well, I need to try harder at the actions, right? There, there must be some, my relationship to these actions that I need to work on, you know, that at least that's what, that's what I, the way I see it. You're exactly right. And what you just said is the reason that um, most, you know, personally, most new habits don't stick diet, weight loss and so forth. And uh, uh, company wise, if you think about your clients, if you're trying to make corporate change, uh, it's the reason that most organizational change doesn't stick. It's that the vast majority of people do it by, trying to grind through the action. Just do the work, just do it, you know. This is what I gotta do, every day I gotta do this. It doesn't work. The reason it doesn't work is all of that behavior follows mindset. It all yeah. follows psychology. So we've got to get the psychology right. We've got to be clear on what we're doing, how we're doing, why we're doing it. And once the psychology is right, once you have, you know, the, the, the perseverance piece understood, the, gra the gratitude piece understood, um, all of that stuff becomes easier to do. So when I work with my clients, we probably spend 60 or 70% of the time when I'm teaching this on mindset, on the emotional piece, because the actual things to do, they already know all of those. If you're in sales, you know how to make a phone call for God's sake. You know, you know what to do. Uh, but it's the mindset. We've got to get the mindset right. And then it's easier to do the work over time, right? And that's why, that's why I'm trying to go out of, you know, five minutes selling. Uh, it, it has to feel like it's so simple and so easy and so fast that how can I not do it, you know? And so my, I, I just, I need people to take a step. I need one step. And then you'll feel a little positivity and success. And then you'll take another step. So literally with this book, I'm trying to take your foot and I'm trying to put my hands around your ankle and I'm trying to lift it for you and move it a step. That's what I'm trying to do. Right. And that's what I think is so powerful because I, I think it's this marriage of the right mindset and, and a viable first action, like a, a, via, a viable first step. And I think for so many selling books that the first step is just not viable for some people. It's just too much of a leap. It, it induces too much anxiety. Uh, and so this uh, this is brilliant. I've heard people talk about if you want to get into meditation, if you can meditate for three seconds, if you can just stop, <laughs> yeah, you started. Yeah. Start that's with right. start with one second a day. Yeah, right. If that's, that's all right. you manage, you yeah. started a meditation habit. So, like, and right. you're saying something. If you, if you one yeah. one call a day, yeah, right. You've started a sales habit. Uh, that's anyway. right. You've started a proactive selling habit. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and so thank for people, you, yeah. And so when we release this podcast, 
the book should be out. So, so they'll be able to find it on, I get Amazon. Yeah. Everywhere. Uh, it's published yeah. by Wiley. So it'll, it'll be, you know, anywhere you can buy a book. Um, and I, look, I'd be grateful, uh, if you read it and, uh, I'd sure as heck be grateful to hear from you, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, and, and just, you know, my email's all over the place. It's in the book. It's, it's all over my website. Let me know how it's going for you. I'd love to hear your progress. Uh, and I'll, I'll do my best to reply to all of them. Excellent. Um, and there's, and there's a website associated where you can download the, the trackers. Yeah. If you go to my yeah. website, goldfane.com is my last name. So uh, G O L D F like Frank, a Y N like Nancy doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Uh, goldfane.com is my website. If you go there, uh, you'll see a link to the book big and yellow and bright. And uh, you can download the planners and the trackers that we talk about there. And you know, in the book, it tells you exactly how to do that as well. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks once again. Uh, great Thank conversation. You, it was Thank great you. to talk with you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very, Thank you. very much. Thank you. The being human podcast was brought to you by first human for more on first humans, human focused coaching and leadership programs. Head to firsthuman.com.